and welcome to I'm Not Like You. I'm Not Like You is a podcast hosted by two great friends with very different perspectives on everything from relationships to our lifestyles to what we watch on TikTok. One thing we can't agree on though, our 40s are going to be about redefining what it means to live well in this space. Hi everyone, it's Esther. Welcome back. Today we're going to talk about negging. It's a concept I have tried so many times to articulate like what it feels like, but I never knew the word for it until I found it on TikTok. Where Esther finds everything. Clearly, I find I get all my news on TikTok now. From TikTok, I started Googling the concept and I just couldn't stop. I was so fascinated with the ways I've seen this play out in my life and in the lives of others. And obviously on varying scales, but I'm going to read for you all some basic descriptions that I found in case you are not familiar. So medium.com describes it as negging is giving someone a backhanded, undermining compliment that shakes their confidence and makes them vulnerable to you in which they crave your approval. And Bustle says the main goal of negging is to undermine someone's self-esteem so that the person being negged will start to subconsciously seek the other's approval for everything. It's a sneaky way for one person to gain control. Damn. Damn. Ugh. Exploiting people's emotions and insecurities, obviously, to feed your own self-esteem is shitty. And Eileen would be yelling, fuck no, from the rooftops. And if you don't know why Eileen is yelling, fuck no, from the rooftops, then listen to our first episode, How to Determine Fuck Yes and Fuck No's. But yes, Esther, you are totally right. I would be yelling, fuck no, from the rooftop about this. And you shared the TikTok. I can't remember if it was the TikTok or you shared some video with me and you were like, are you familiar with this? And I was like, no, I am not familiar with this. But I was also like, damn, like I also learned love when I learn the word for my feelings or my experiences too. And it's, I think not only is it validating, but it also gives you better pattern recognition for the future when it's happening to you. So we immediately were like, we need to talk about this on our podcast because probably there are many women and others out there who probably have been nagged in their career or their relationships. So we thought we might start with some examples of nagging and how we handled it. And of course, there'll be two perspectives on nagging because that's how we do. I'm not like you. So as we were preparing for this, I was reading an article about it. And the example that the writer gave was of when a boy insults a girl or a girl insults a boy when they're young because they like you, you know, like I'm sure that like when boys throw up stones at you on the playground. I don't think that only happens when we're young, though. (laughs) <laughs> well, and uh, yes, to continue in this discussion, I was like, oh my God, this is actually a PSA for parents too, because I, I think like we would all like fundamentally know that that's probably wrong, but like there is just sort of this expectation that like, oh, like if a boy does that to you, it's because he likes you and like, no, like I have a son, I'm going to tell my son, no, don't treat girls like that. If you like them, tell them you like them or find another way to show your affection because Throwing rocks in the playground is not nice. You're nagging. Don't be a nagger. <laughs> we just, this just happens with my daughter. We were at a pool party and the boys were taking these towels and like chasing some of the girls and like smacking them with the towels. And one of the mothers was like, oh, how cute. It's just because yes. he likes them. And I'm like, no, no, don't smack my daughter with a towel. So what did you do? Did you? I mean, one of the other mothers got up and was like, don't hit the girls with that wet towel that you've collected from the pool. But... It's just a very interesting concept because it's obviously not only, it's not only about 
relationships that as a child or as an adult are romantically involved. It also has implications at work where when I know, Eileen, that this has happened to you, but where a colleague could do this to you, where a boss can do this to you. It has implications in friendship where a friend could do this to you because they want more control over a situation that they don't feel that they have a handle on. So it is something that I'm sure has happened to many people. And I just find it to be interesting to hear other people's experiences. Yeah. So now we know it starts very young and there's an opportunity to teach our children to do better. The example that I thought of sharing was a workplace example. Like you said, it can happen anywhere. But the one that stood out for me was I was very early on in my career. I was probably in my 20s and I worked for a woman who was probably in her 40s. And when she would give me a compliment, it was like textbook negging based on the definitions you shared. Like the compliment would always be backhanded. And I remember very vividly, I had finished a big project that I'd been working on for like months. And it was like this opportunity to step up and to present to the executive leadership team. And she said to me before I presented it, like, this is really good work for someone who's really junior and inexperienced. And I was like, awful. Oh, okay. Okay. So she then presented the work to the leadership team. And I found out later that she took credit for it. And I was like, oh, fuck no. <laughs> this was my fuck no from the rooftops. It works. Moment. Yeah. Because like I said, it was sort of a pattern that I had recognized over time. And I was like, I'm not getting my fair shake here. And I was very ambitious. So I talked to her boss and I've, I've actually never done this in my career since. So I guess I learned to advocate for myself at a young age, which I suppose is a, is a really good thing. But, and so she had me moved to a different team or whatever. And the woman was then very terrible to me, like in a very uncomfortable work environment. So the boss's boss didn't handle that conversation particularly well. So that was my nagging experience. And I, well, that sounds like a bit of nagging and a bit of, bit of retaliation. All yes. Well, yes. One. Yeah. Yeah. So I think also, like we said, as parents, it's good to watch for our kids and then also as leaders to watch out for in our workplaces. Right. Yeah. And that's the worst kind of manager. And I'm sure we've all experienced someone like that. Maybe not who's so openly honest about what they're doing and clearly nagging you at the workplace. When I found this on TikTok, it like made me think of this one situation. And I think that when you're in a situation like this, it's hard to acknowledge that it's happening. And you almost don't want to believe it. You want to like, you're so ingrained in like chasing the approval of it all that it's almost addicting that you don't want to get out of it. You're like, I want the approval. I'm going to win. And as someone who's like very competitive in nature, I just want to win the situation. So I'm like, we're going to keep going until I win. <laughs> there is no stopping this game. We are on the game and we will end when I say it is over. Um, and when I think about my own, you know, what I deem to be my superpower, there's a lot to do with relationships and understanding people and understanding people's motives and motivations. And I would like to fancy myself a student of people. <laughs> <laughs> please do please fancy yourself a student of the people add that uh, to your business card oh, yeah we'll put it on our card but there's this one person in my life who just like I couldn't understand it was like the equivalent of like on Twilight I'll give a pop culture reference on Twilight like when Edward can't hear Bella's thoughts or like when the vampires can't like 
hear one person's supernatural thought blocker. <laughs> I couldn't get a read on how this person ticked or worked. And the harder I tried to understand, the closer we got to this like really cyclical, negging like friendship because I would try to get in and I couldn't and then I would back away and then they would make me feel really bad with negging like, negging soft <laughs> comments. <laughs> negging like. I really wanted the approval so I'd come back and I tried harder and we would just go over and over and over again. And that's what I mean. We're like, sometimes I'm not condoning anyone do this because I do it, but sometimes it's like almost addicting because like you want it to end but you want it to end in the way that you envision it ending. And so you continue and it's almost gamified. And I knew that I, I just wanted to break it. And I will tell you that unlike Eileen, you know, I'm not like you, not like you do. <laughs> unlike Eileen, I did not walk away or come up with a solution that was like the end of the game or the end of the friendship. But instead I just try to get it to a healthier place. And I'm not saying that that's always possible, but I do think that there is hope in some friendships or work relationships or romantic relationships to break a cycle and do it better if you can. But it's it's difficult and it's, it sucks and it causes many evenings of complaining to Eileen. And, <laughs> and they'll be like, I'm over this, I'm over this, I'm over this. I'm so annoying. I just want to win. Well, that I mean, that's the question though. Like, so you're saying in my mind that's a zero sum game, move on. In your mind, it's not a zero sum game because it's worth it to you for the friendship. So I guess from your point of view, would you say that you have to determine if the <laughs> negging could sometimes lead yeah. to I mean, look, I don't think that that's probably not the majority of how it turns out, right? Because if one person is clearly doing a behavior to get a reaction out of you that puts the other person in a weaker position or is meant to be felt like they are inferior or not good enough in a situation, yeah. then like that is not healthy. I am not saying that that is healthy. I am saying it is a friendship I didn't want to give up on. So if you don't want to give up and you also don't, in your sick, twisted brain, can't lose the game. <laughs> the, only other, the only other outcome is to try to make it healthier. And as somebody who's done it, I'm not saying that it is 100% great and it's the best thing ever. I'm going to say it's fine, but it is fine. It is in a better place and it is in a far healthier place. And sometimes that may be worth the fights. Mm, interesting. So advocating for yourself, advocating for the relationships you believe in are probably the two different perspectives we're representing here today. Well, there you have it. Eileen walks away and I stay to fix it. It makes sense that we would end up with two polar opposite ways of handling a situation. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next Friday with another 15 minutes on up-leveling life and relationships in ways that are anything but what they tell us they should be in our 40s. See you then. 